1: Welcome to Roto-World's Roundball Stew. I am Matt Straup. It is Monday, October 24th, and today we're going to be rounding up some big fantasy takeaways from the weekend. We will look at some injuries at the start of Week 2, as well as some leftover waiver wire pickups to consider. And we're also going to do an Are They Droppable segment a little later on for some guys on our rosters we should uh, possibly be considering moving on from. To do this, I'm joined by Zach Henshaw and Raphael Johnson. Fellas... First things first, how did the first week of the season go for you? Let's do this on a 10-point scale. If one is, I ruined every single one of my fantasy rosters, I'm the worst. And 10 is, not to brag, but I might be a genius. Where are we both landing? Who wants to take this first? Where are we? One to 10.
2: I'll uh, I'll
3: give you a uh, seven and a half. I, okay. uh, the the okay. company league that we're in together, uh, I kind of went against my principles. Uh, I made an early selection of Cade Cunningham, which I consistently preached against all offseason, mm-hmm. and it's kind of mm-hmm. blown up on me. Uh, but in some other leagues, like the Locked On Fantasy Bowl, that I think we're probably all in, um, I won 8-1 to one in week one uh, with Tyrese Halbert and John Morant. So i uh, feeling pretty good about that one.
2: I'm going to say about a six. Um, there are six. a couple yeah. results that I didn't – particularly care for. I did get a nine nothing <laughs> victory in one league. So I'll take that. Yeah. Um yeah. Then there's also the uh the Fantasy Sports Writers Association league that I'm representing the company in. I won nice. both my matchups and my team managed to score over eleven hundred points through a uh, short opening week. So yeah. I'm pretty happy that team got Steph Curry, James Harden, why they allowed me to draft those guys at the turn. I don't know, wow. but I'm very thankful thus far that I was allowed to do it. So so,
1: so that's a points league with scoring, which we
2: don't need to get into yeah, right now. Yeah, there are no percentages in that league. Okay, So gotcha. it's a bit interesting how the scoring's done. I think Zach yeah. was in it last year, but yeah. yeah. Gotcha. It takes a little adjusting, but I'm looking to gotcha. redeem myself after missing the playoffs last year.
1: Zach, you fell victim to that 2-3 turn in the company league, a 14-team league, where I was sitting there at 29 trying to decide whether to take guys like Kate Cunningham and some other names. And, of course, I made the incredibly wise decision to take Kawhi Leonard there, which I referenced on the show last week. Uh, that has me – that move alone has me at a 6.5. I feel pretty good about a number of my rosters, but th- that that move alone <laughs> has me losing – Quite a bit of sleep at the moment, um, but yeah, the the John Morant rosters that that all of us have are uh, are at least doing pretty well. So let's get into what we are actually here to do today. We're going to look at injuries. We're going to look at some storylines, early season storylines, rosters that have our attention, some rising rookies, and waiver wire adds and drops. But we'll start with the injuries. And, uh, guys, this is already becoming a thing in Oklahoma City. We have Josh Giddy sprained an ankle on Sunday. Shea Gildas alexander is now dealing with a hip contusion. The rookie Jalen Williams is also out for the time being due to surgery to repair an orbital bone fracture. And it's funny because that was a guy we were talking about. We liked him as a contingency guy uh, when other guys were out. But now he's out. And, Zach, I guess I'll start with you and then hear from you, Raph. Can we get excited about anyone as a contingency play here? Because I'm having a hard time sorting this out.
3: Yeah, this one's tough, man. This is kind of like last year, where um, you know, where Doc used to say every week, "Hey, just throw a dart and pick a guy off the roster and throw him into your right. lineup." Uh, but somebody that I think, you know, he looked good in preseason. They spent a high draft pick on him. I think Usman Jang is somebody that we can at least look to for a little bit of production. Um, yesterday, five point six rebounds, three. Uh, Three assists, one steal, two blocks, one triple. Okay. That's pretty. That's pretty solid production uh, from a guy that's widely available on waivers. Um, if you want somebody, so I think he's the upside. If you want somebody with some consistency that we saw some good flashes from last year, I think Trey Mann is somebody that we can also yeah. turn to uh, because he's been a pretty pretty consistent staple in their roster, regardless of health.
2: Yeah, I think Trey Mann would be the person. I'm not too thrilled about it, but I think back to his time in college where. Right. He took off his sophomore year after Andrew Nimhard transferred to Gonzaga. So he had the ball in his hands a lot more. And obviously, SGA, we don't know when he'll be back. Kitty, the same thing. This could be a similar situation, but the SEC is not the NBA. So, yeah, That's I don't what know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I've heard. But, um, yeah. yeah, I'm not too it's thrilled about this. I know Ushman Jang, like Zach said, that could be one of those speculative pickups where – you see what you have now and kind of keep him on the radar for later in the season. Cause I think he's end up playing a lot more as we get to that point where they really can't hide the fact that they don't want to go to the playoffs this year.
1: Right. Right. Um, so on Sunday in a 10 point loss to, Minnesota. The Thunder played fourteen guys. I mean, in a, in a relatively close game. I mean, yeah. that is just a mess. No one got more than Lou Dort's twenty nine minutes. I believe Trey Mann had twenty seven minutes, and I think he will probably pop up for some big games. So I think you guys probably highlighted the right guys, but still, this just feels like a fantasy mess right now, man. And I mean, Sj and Giddy are going to be really good when they play, but I, I just wish there was a little more clarity of just like. Here's our our fallback guy, and maybe that will be Jalen Williams once he's back, but right now, uh, messy stuff. Meanwhile, uh, we have some injury news out of New Orleans as well. Zion Williamson has a hip contusion after a dunk attempt, and Brandon Ingram, according to Pelicans writer Jim Eichenhofer, was being tested for concussion symptoms. Uh, Raph, the two names I think of, I guess, as contingency guys here are Trey Murphy, who you could argue should already be rostered, and Larry Nance, who's very widely available. What are your thoughts on this situation?
2: Yeah, those are pretty much the only two options uh, in terms of Nance. We you know about the defensive capabilities. He also got six assists yesterday. So mm-hmm. if he can kind of be like a secondary playmaker at times, that's a little bonus production for you there. Uh, Murphy, three point shooter. He shot the. He's been pretty good to start this season. Um, after he had some like ups and downs last year as a rookie, nine rebounds yesterday, three three pointers. So. Yeah, I don't think you're looking at anywhere else other than those two guys. Najee Marshall probably play more, but that's there's not really much fantasy value to be had there.
3: Yeah, totally agreed there. I, I don't see anybody else that I would be interested in. As you mentioned, Raf Nance, ten, seven, and six the other day, uh, with some extended minutes. Um, this is just heartbreaking to me because the Pelicans were my preseason pick for Western Conference champions, man. And they look so good to start. And of course we're dealing with this Zion injury already. It's uh what a mess.
1: Yeah, I mean Hip contusion, you got to think, uh, hopefully, uh, not not a long-term thing, but you also got to think they're going to be pretty careful. So we'll just wait yeah. for updates on that. Nance is 7% rostered, so should be out there in your league. Murphy had 16-9 and with three triples and a season-high 40 minutes on Sunday uh, in a game where, by the way, they lost to the mighty Utah Jazz, a team we're going to discuss in just a minute because there's some interesting stuff going on there. But, but we'll have to put that on hold just for a second here because – Another injury to talk about. Scotty Barnes is dealing with an ankle sprain. Now, again, we're, we're we're turning to what's the fallback plan here. And if he remains out, I think we're probably looking at Precious Achua. Had an 18-point, 11-rebound game. Uh, so, so Zach, in a streaming situation, this is kind of an either-or here. Uh, Achua, or with Bruno Fernando already ruled out. Are you uh, rolling the dice on Usman Garuba, who had an interesting game? Six points, eight boards, four steals, and a triple for the Rockets. This is an exciting choice. I know. I don't want you to, like, contain your enthusiasm a little bit, right? Because we're kind of getting to the best part here, a Chua or Garuba, right at the start of the show. But I want to hear your thoughts.
3: Yeah, man. We'll just put all the best material here in the first five minutes. <laughs> <So> that's, <laughs> that's totally
2: fine, man. I <laughs> Absolutely. Will, uh, yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah, we'll go on front street here with Garuba. Um, I, I think we've seen what we can do. We've seen what Achua can do before, uh, 18 and 11, wonderful. Uh, the field goal percentage is garbage for a big man. Um, he'll give you some triples, but the defensive stats are not going to be there consistently either. Um, so I would much rather have a guy like Garuba that had eight boards the other day, uh, four steals and a triple in 25 minutes. And obviously, uh, the Rockets are not going to start Alprin Sangoon uh, for whatever goddamn reason. So Garuba Never. is the next man up to start. No, it's not going to happen. Uh, he, he's much more exciting to me. He has much more upside, and we've only just seen one game from him so far. So he's the guy that I'm targeting.
1: Raf, I saw your your eyes really perked up when Zach said yeah. Garuba. So I'm guessing you're on the Achua side of this, this raging, thrilling debate.
2: I think in terms of knowing what we could potentially get, I would lean at Chua. But I can definitely see the the Garuba argument. Um, He's not going to get much usage offensively, so he's in a spot where he kind of has to produce defensively. Saw the four steals. It's pretty funny. You get put in the starting lineup and your first assignment is Giannis. It's like, thanks, guys. Uh Really appreciate (laughs) that. Cool. And then the other thing is the schedule. Um, Toronto plays three games this week, with one being tonight against Miami. Houston plays four. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can get an extra game out of Garuba. We don't knee issues, hamstrings, other things that kind of concern me when it comes especially big men. So maybe Garuba's going to be in there for a bit and I think that extra game could pay off especially if we need some defensive production.
1: And I should add that as of this recording early Monday afternoon, Scotty Barnes was listed as questionable yeah. with that ankle sprain, but at the same time we also had Nick Nurse saying he was going to miss some time reportedly. So I mean, I think we're leaning toward a world where Barnes is not playing on Monday, but obviously this is a situation to check back on, depending on when you listen to this. Even if he does
2: play, you got Chris Boucher kind of hanging out there with the hamstring issue too. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: true. Um, Okay, so (laughs) there are three 3-0 teams in the NBA, okay, right now, as we record this. The Boston Celtics, the Portland Trailblazers, and, of course, the supposedly tanking Utah Jazz. Now, this is wild because... We're getting pretty significant fantasy contributions from Jordan Clarkson and Kelly Olenek, Mike Conley, who we had completely written off, I think, is fantasy relevant. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt and Lowry Markkinen, we were worried they were going to wreck each other at one point, Uh, both getting their numbers. Uh, So, Raf, I mean, big picture, we'll dive into some of the specific numbers as we go through this, but big picture, what do we do if we drafted or added one or more of these Utah guys who are, let's be honest, thriving?
2: If you got Martin or Vanderbilt, you're loving life right now. Um, yeah, I think Conley, I'd be a bit more cautious. They play four games this week with the back-to-back at the end of it. Um, mm-hmm. Given his experience, to put it kindly, who's to say he doesn't sit in one of those games and you have Colin Sexton, you got Taylor Horton Tucker, you got Malik right. Beasley in there too, so I think he's the one I would be concerned about, even with the good start to the season for him personally, but Markman looks like a guy who could be like a, a most improved player candidate based on how he's played, especially offensively. Vanderbilt's been a beast on the glass and defensively. So you got to love those guys. Clarkson, I guess that he's starting. It's an opportunity to do something else, but I'm more sold on the bigs than anyone else.
3: Yeah, I don't have too much more to add there. I, I think if you drafted marketing, uh, man, you're, you're just enjoying every moment right now. Um, but otherwise Colin Sexton he's a guy that I took in like the sixth, seventh, eighth round in some places and a guy that I was super confident about uh, was going to have a great season. Um, he's still a guy that I think you should hold on to. He's mm-hmm. not somebody that I'm dropping. I know I've seen some people say, oh, we're going to drop Sexton after a week. It's too early for that. He got paid too much right. money for that. Um, I, I think things will come along, but, it, I mean, you've got to be worried. He played 19 minutes in an overtime game yesterday. That's, that's a bit concerning.
1: Yeah, Sexton is not – going to make our should i drop this guy segment coming up just for the record he's not on that he's not in that conversation but just quickly highlighting a few of these highlighting a few of these numbers marking in you know we talk all the time about uh who can we find outside of the first round who might make the leap into the first round of course the answer to that was larry Markinen, as we all knew right 24 yeah. points per game 10 boards four assists 1.3 steals 0. 0.7 blocks 2.33 3 pointers i mean it's only three games will it hold up i mean Probably these numbers won't, but this is a guy who had flirted with, you know, early round fantasy value for stretches before. So I think, yeah, you you hit a home run with this pick for as long as he's on the floor. Uh, Conley averaging 10.7 points, nine dimes, 1.3 steals, 2.03s. I don't think you're going to get anything for him in a trade in fantasy. So, I mean, I think you just have to hold on for a while and see how long this can go. Clarkson. 19 points per game, 5.7 assists, 3.7 three-pointers playing a ton of minutes for this team. I mean, maybe they're showcasing him for a trade. That's kind of what we keep saying about the Jazz, right? But at what point – we're not there yet. But at what point do we say, wait a second, maybe this team is just going to try to win? It almost feels silly to say that. I feel silly saying it, but I have to say it.
2: I think they're going to continue to try to at least compete, you know, because – I think when, when we think about tanking, a lot of us get caught up with sitting your good players and not actively trying to win. I think they're still going right. to try to compete because they're trying to rebuild a culture, too. You know, you lose right. two powerful figures like Mitchell and Gobert. It's not just about the talent on the court. You've got to rebuild everything. So I think outright tanking and sabotaging yourself wouldn't be the best move for that franchise. Right.
1: Uh, and by the way, one more name to mention, Kelly Olinick, 16.3 points, 3.0 assists, 1.7 steals, 3.03 pointers. I mean, it's not Houston Kelly Olenek just yet, but it is something. I think back to back 20 point games after the clunker of an opener. I mean, a week from now, we could be sitting here talking about Kelly Olenek as man, I, I hope they keep this guy on the floor because he is dominating. Like he's got he's got the fantasy skill set in the right situation to be great. We've seen it. So I think you gotta be feeling pretty good if you drafted him as well. This is it's weird. Anyways, I, I feel weird about the fact that we just talked about maybe the Jazz will keep trying to win because we were so sure they're going to tank. Let's check back in a week. Let's let's just put a pin in that for now. Uh, it's a hilarious, strange storyline. And by the way, haven't even mentioned Walker Kessler, who's getting it done off the bench and is fantasy relevant as well, even in a, in a limited minute role. So, I mean, this Jazz roster, strangely, is like a fantasy goldmine. It's one of the best fantasy rosters in the league so far, which is just odd to say. Moving on, we talk a lot and with good reason about the top rookies, Palo Banqueiro, Jabari Smith, Keegan Murray, who is starting to put some good numbers in the box score. Zach, I'm sure you're happy about that. But wanted to take a minute to look at a couple of rookies we haven't talked about as much. Jaden Ivey and Benedict Matherin. So starting with Ivy, the stats so far, 17.7 points, <coughs> 5.3 boards, six dimes, 1.3 steals, 1.7 threes, and yes, 3.7 turnovers. Raf are you surprised, knowing what, you know, having, as a guy who's co- covered college basketball a lot, are you surprised that a- Ivy is putting such a well-rounded stat set in the box score right away? Because I think, I never doubted the athlete and the basketball player, but I wondered, you know, what are his numbers going to look like in the NBA? I'm impressed.
2: Yeah, I'm not too surprised. because I think he's a far better fit next to Kate Cunningham than Killian Hayes was. Um, mm-hmm. And they stubbornly tried to stick with that for, much of last season before injuries kind of forced their hand there. Um, he can play on or off the ball. Um, he had 10 rebounds the other night. So, I think he can yeah. use that athleticism to do more than just score points for you. I'd like to see the turnover count come down a little bit, but you're going to see true. that from, from rookies as they kind of learn the ropes, so to speak. So, not too surprised, to be honest with you.
3: Matt, I got to be honest with you, man. I think this is a perfectly timed discussion here a week before Halloween. Um, I was going to go as Eddie from Stranger Things next week, but I'm shifting over to, I'm just going to print out ninth round fantasy values so far and go as a pair of cannibals in Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivey because they're ranked 100th and 106th respectively. They've been cannibalizing Uh each other's production. The numbers are almost identical. And if you spent that third round pick on Cade Cunningham, you've got to be kicking yourself in the hiney right now, man.
1: Yeah, right. Because, yeah, it's a great point. I mean, and because with Ivy, we're, we're thrilled with it, right? The turnovers yeah. aside, we're thrilled with it. This is a guy yeah. who I think his ADP fell well outside the top 100 in Yahoo. I mean, he was just yeah. going after the other rookies. You've got to love these numbers if you drafted him. But meanwhile, if you drafted Kate Cunningham, you were, you know, hoping for a much bigger leap. So I don't think we're panicking yet. Are you panicked yet, Zach, as someone who spent an early pick on Cunningham, or are you just going to give this a few weeks to sort itself out and see where you're at?
3: I'm not panicked. I mean, I, I took him in in that one league, just kind of just to mix things up a little bit. But um, right. you know, before the season started, I thought he was going to be outside the top forty. So I, I think he'll come, you know, closer to mid-round value. I don't think he'll be in the top, you know, I don't think he'll be right around pick one hundred. But I don't think he's going to return what you spend on him necessarily.
1: The the competitiveness and the depth of that league, I think, forces. Uh, some of yeah. us to mix things up that draft that draft is one where you load up your queue with like 15 guys and somehow like you know 30, 30 guys that you wanted to go out you know before your next pick it, it's just that was that was a crushing draft anyways it was benedict Matherin, another rookie i want to talk about this guy is averaging 24 points per game 6.3 rebounds a couple of dimes 0.7 steals 3.73s. Now, I know personally I was concerned, and I think others were, about his lack of defensive stats, what, what, how that was going to carry over. But if he is going to score at this kind of high volume, I mean, that is going to help offset it. He's shooting 52% from the floor early on. And, I mean, I, as a scorer, I just think he has it all in terms of getting to the basket. His catch, He can catch and shoot, and he can really shoot off the dribble. It, just a pretty... Pretty impressive pull up three. This guy has kind of stopping on a dime, uh, and pulling up from three raf. What are your thoughts on Matherin, the fantasy prospect in Indiana so far? I mean, 24 points per game is above and beyond
2: what we could expect, right? Yeah, um, for sure. You know, the defensive stats, I thought we'd get more of that just because of how athletic he is. He only has two steals mm-hmm. through three games right now. Um, right, essentially, Trish Duarte is just keeping his spot more. Um, I think. Rick Carlisle is not going to be able to hold that decision off for too much longer just because of the scoring punch that Matherin's given them off the bench. And they've gotten off to some slow starts in games. He changed the starting lineup the other night, try to combat that. They got off to another slow start. Um, I don't know. It just doesn't make too much sense to play a struggling Duarte over Matherin, given what he's given the Pacers right now.
3: Yeah, I mean, plain and simple, man, this man has been cooking. Uh, and I think what's what's been great about him early on is he's been aggressive. Like, he's not afraid of big shots. Um, if you remember back to their season opener against Washington – he scored the the Pacers' final five points in what ended up being yeah. a pretty close game. Um, he, you know, and he's a big reason why Indy leads the association in points off the bench. Uh, the Pacers uh, far and away have the most bench points uh, this season because of guys like him, Goga Bitadze, and things like that. So, uh, Matherin, if you got him early, or excuse me, I guess I should say late, if you drafted him late, and your draft right, as an upside right. pick. He's giving you top 75 value right now. Uh will that fall off a little bit? Maybe. Uh but it looks like he's going to be probably a staple in the top 100 for the rest of the season. I can't see him falling off. Yeah, and I mean,
1: as Raf said, you know, the the role is already significant, but the role could also potentially expand from here, you know? So yeah. quite a bit to like there. Uh a situation we don't necessarily love uh, is Cam Johnson's current situation with the Suns? Monty Williams saying his minutes will stay in the mid 20s. That news via Dwayne Rankin on Twitter, who covers the Suns. Now, this is while Cam Johnson has been dealing with a right hip bruise. And I mean, looking at the numbers, it's not a disaster necessarily. You know, 10.3 points, a steal, and 2.3 three pointers so far. But it's a little disappointing from a guy that some of us were excited to draft, you know, outside the top 100. So Raph, is is this a potential buy-low opportunity on a preseason sleeper? Or at the very least, I mean, this is a guy we're staying patient with if we have him, right? Well, where are we on Cam Johnson as he navigates this little bit of early season turbulence?
2: I think both of those things are correct. Like if you have him, you want to hold on to him just because, you know, besides Torrey Craig, where else can Phoenix turn, you know, that power mm-hmm. forward position? And if you don't have him, this could be an opportunity where you see a manager who's a bit skittish and holding on to him where you can offer him a deal and get some good value back once he gets fully healthy so i think both of those points would be correct on cam johnson
3: yep i co-sign with that one raf i I think that's a great point i would be looking to buy him low right now he's ranked just outside the top 100 right now he's actually sandwiched right in between Cade and Jaden ivy at (laughs) 103rd Uh, If you look at Basketball Monster rankings, uh, he finished 94th last year with two extra minutes. Uh, So I think he'll play more than the 24 minutes he's getting currently. I think that'll move up, and so will his value.
1: Okay, some leftover waiver wire pickups are coming up, as well as the aforementioned players. We already may need to consider dropping segment is coming up, but first we're going to take a quick break. Download the Road to World app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It's available in your app store today. And just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app, go and download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands this weekend by predicting what will happen in college football, on the NASCAR circuit, and in Premier League. There's also $100,000 up for grabs by guessing the outcome between the Packers and Bills in our Sunday Night 7 contest. Uh, Some waiver wire pickups. We talk waiver wire pickups in depth every Friday here. And then on Mondays, we pick up the waiver wire leftovers, a few names that got left out of that conversation. So we'll start with the Los Angeles Lakers, where things are going just fine. uh, They're 0-3. They're 25 for 118 on three-pointers. That's 21%. Everything's great. But in the midst of this, uh, Lonnie Walker is actually putting up some solid stats for LA. 15.3 points, 3.3 boards, 3 dimes, 1.3 steals, 0.7 blocks, 1.03s. Now, Zach, this is a more well-rounded stat line than we're used to from Lonnie Walker, who's kind of a points and threes guy. Uh, Do we think there's anything sustainable here beyond those two categories I just mentioned?
3: Yeah, I think we'll see some sustainability from him. Um, He's, he's kind of, uh, he's kind of taking on that role that Malik Monk had last year, maybe not necessarily Mm -hmm. on the court, but from a fantasy perspective, uh, he has that role of, Hey, this is the guy on the Lakers this year. That's not LeBron James or Anthony Davis. That's going to be fantasy relevant. So um Obviously, West Brick, Nunn, Pat Bev, none of these guys can shoot. None of these guys can score. Uh, The Lakers are struggling mightily on offense, and Lonnie Walker is staying on the court uh, for big minutes and getting a ton of production. So I think he has to function as a playmaker. He has to function as a scorer. Uh, I think there's definitely sustainability here, and if he's on your waiver wire, he's a guy that I'm going to jump out and grab right
2: now. I think the only thing I don't like is the schedule. For this week they don't play again until wednesday it's a three-game week mm-hmm. so that may give you some pause if you need some uh, some production a little bit quicker than that but otherwise right. like zach said they re- where else are they going to turn on the wing like that's just a bad basketball team right now uh, uh, troy Brown, <laughs> troy brown jr played 22 minutes in his debut uh, yesterday <laughs> meanwhile their best shooter didn't play at all but that's another discussion you know for another time but yeah Lonnie Walker can give you some playmaking ability. Um, One for five from three wasn't great, but he's a reasonable shooter, I guess you can say. So I don't think he's going to be going anywhere anytime
1: soon. 33% rostered Lonnie Walker. And by the way, just on an unrelated note, but related to something we were talking about before, Alperin Shangoon, according to Jonathan Fagan on Twitter, questionable for Monday due to an illness. So the Usman Garuba train is picking up a lot of steam right now. I mean, we are we we are running with this thing. This is this could be big. I'm picturing five points, you know, nine rebounds, couple of steals. I mean, this could be electric. So think let's uh, let's yeah, let's think big. Let's think big here. Let's dream big. Um, okay, Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, is putting up some numbers for the Hornets. 13.3 points, 4.7 dimes, 2.7 steals, a block, 1.7 threes, Uh, shooting 57% from the floor, which is 1.3 turnovers. I mean, this is not exactly the Dennis Smith Jr. we have come to know during his uh, very tumultuous journey in the NBA, I would say, but he's playing well. Is he a must roster as long as Lamella Ball is out, Raf?
2: He is. The, the numbers you mentioned and also the injuries. Um, we don't know when either of those guys will be able to come back and play. Rozier said his injury wasn't too serious, but then they held him out right. of yesterday's game. They don't play again until Wednesday, but I think with those injuries, there's still going to be a good re- There's a good reason to go ahead and pick up Smith anyway.
3: Yeah, if you can't be
2: with the one you love,
3: love the one you're with, man. So, (laughs) no LaMelo, pick up DSJ, enjoy the ride while it lasts. He's putting up third-round value right now. Enjoy it, and then drop him when LaMelo comes back.
1: 31% rostered, and yeah, Terry Rozier was in a walking boot, I believe, uh, when the injury happened, the prior Mm -hmm. game. So, yeah, yeah, unclear when he's going to be back. Obviously, keep it tuned to the Roto-World Player news page for updates there. Another ankle injury. Miles Turner has been out ever since injuring that ankle during pregame warmups of their opener. Now, on Saturday, that meant a big game for Goga Batadze. 14 points, 15 boards, four dimes, threw in a steal, a block, and a triple. That's the one good game he's had out of three so far this season. It does happen to be the most recent game. Uh, Zach, anything to build on here with Batadze, who is only 6% rostered in Yahoo and takes on the Sixers on Monday?
3: If you need some boards and you want to take a chance, fine. I mean, that was a career high in rebounding for him. Uh, I think it was Mm -hmm. in 25 minutes. Uh, As you mentioned, the first two games, uh, the front court rotation has been a bit weird. You got Isaiah Jackson. You got Terry Taylor, who plays big but isn't a big. And then you got uh, Jalen Smith with Miles Turner out. So it's been kind of a a crapshoot there. But if you want to just pick a guy and Goga's the only guy available and you need some boards, yeah, he's worth a look for sure.
2: Four game week and in Philadelphia, obviously with Joel Embiid, they're probably going to run through a lot of fouls in that game tonight. So I assume that Batadze is going to play some, play enough to give you right. some decent value to at least evaluate him for the rest of the week. If you want to play it that way,
1: maybe Batadze can get some coveted non-Embiid minutes as well. Like get the get Ooh. those sweet backup minutes when Embiid, you know, Embiid is off the floor. <laughs> perhaps uh, would be nice. Uh, my only other two names that uh, are on this uh, abbreviated leftover waiver wire list are both really points and threes guys. It's one guy that we did talk about on Friday, Max Struess, who's sitting at 14.7 points, 4.3 boards, 2.7 threes so far, 25% rostered. And then speaking of points and threes, uh, Terrence Ross is coming off a 29-point game, has notably played 30-plus minutes every game so far, averaging 17.7 points and 3.03s early on a notoriously streaky player, 34% rostered, actually rostered in more leagues than Max Struis. Uh Raf, are we excited about either of these guys?
2: Um, define excited. Relative word. Relative yeah. word. <laughs> are we... Yeah, go ahead. In the short term, I think so. Uh, Ross is, is going to play well in the 30 minutes until they get Jalen Suggs back. So mm-hmm. points and threes, if you're... As long as you're not expecting much more than that, I think both guys can right. be good value plays. But if you if you think that they're going to suddenly become like defensive ball hawks or what have you, then you're probably going to be disappointed.
3: Yeah, I, I don't have a whole lot to add to that. I think you know what you're going to get from both guys. Both guys are are hot and cold, streaky players that we've seen before. Uh, Struce and Ross can both have big games and then just kind of disappear the next game. Uh, But in terms of how long these guys are going to be viable, I think probably Ross has some more um, viability for a little while just because there's no timetable on a Suggs return. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, both guys are fine if, if you get them for what you need and you don't expect too much more.
1: I really had that experience this year, an experience that I feel like I've had the last, like, 11 years. I'm like, oh, Terrence Ross is still in uh, Orlando, huh? We're, we're still... <laughs> we're, we're running it back. We are running it back. This guy somehow is going to have, like, 18 to 24, like, big games this year, you know? We, we don't know when they'll be, but, but they are going to happen. And one of them did just happen. Anyways, we're finally arrived at our destination, guys. It is the Is This Guy Droppable segment. I know you guys are excited about it. We can do this relatively... Quick hitting, but let's, I mean, let's, you know, let's get our thoughts out there on these guys, especially I think the name's higher on the list. As we get further down, we're probably gonna get into some obvious drops, but let's start with Tari Eason. The Rockets rookie is 37% rostered in Yahoo. So far, he's shown some flashes, right? 8.3 points, 5.3 boards, one block and 1.33s, but in just 18 minutes. And we know that this Rockets team is, is not necessarily going to force him into the lineup. They, you know, they've got to play Eric Gordon, Zach. They have to. It's important mm-hmm. that Eric Gordon gets his minutes, right? So have you seen enough to keep Tari Eason stashed if you can afford to do so?
3: Yeah, if I can afford to, and this isn't just a bias because he was a guy that I talked to you know, preseason. I really liked him coming into this year. Yeah, um, But he's right outside the top 120 right now. So he's he has that fringe value if you're in a 12-team league in just right. 18 minutes, as you mentioned, um, and if Sangoon is dealing with some sort of injury or has to miss time, Easton is going to see an uptick in minutes next to our boy Usman Garuba. Uh, so if I can afford to, I'm certainly keeping Tari Easton around. I think we've seen enough from him just in, in the first
2: week. Yeah, they, he said it all. You hold him if you have him.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think in a shallower league you might have the, the luxury of dropping him and yeah. and yeah. trying to get him back when you start to see signs of a breakout. But in, you know, a team such as the 14 team company league, I mean, you're you would not want to dare drop Tari Eason I don't think yet. Uh next up, James Wiseman. Uh 69% rostered so far. What we've gotten from Wiseman is 11 points per game, 6 rebounds per game, 1 total steal, block. And three pointer. That's one steal block, three combined in 18 minutes per game. And that's a number that concerns me maybe more than anything. Raf, is it time to move on from Wiseman if you are in, you know, a, a league of medium size, let's say.
2: Medium size, possibly, but I would lean towards holding him. Because the stats you okay. mentioned in terms of the three point shooting, steals, and blocks, he's never been big in those areas. Like even defensively mm-hmm. as a rookie. 0.3 steals, 0.9 blocks per game. So I think if you understood, you know, he's – I think I kind of liken him a bit to DeAndre Aiden, where he's a better positional defender than he is in terms of getting those numbers. So if you, mm-hmm. if you understand that, I think you're going to be okay. 11.6 rebounds per game. I don't think that's enough to panic, you know, even with the, the lack of minutes.
3: Yeah, I, I'm not holding Wiseman right now. Uh, I'm not sure, you know, if you have the luxury to do so, uh, absolutely. But uh, he's definitely not a guy that is a must roster at this point.
1: Okay, so Raf is keeping him. Zach is willing to drop him. I'm more on the side of willing to drop him, but I don't know. So, Raf, do you think if it's a situation where if Kevon Looney misses time, you think Wiseman's going to see a big uptick in minutes? Or do you think that the Warriors are kind of happy with Wiseman's minutes where they are. You know, could you imagine them potentially just kind of keeping him in that same range, even if Luna gets hurt?
2: I think he'd see an uptick. I don't know if we're looking at, like, 30 minutes per game, but I think he'd see more minutes in that scenario. There's also the Draymond Green factor, you know. um, it's kind of held it in check since that infamous incident, but it's kind of combustible, you know, so... There may heard- be times where Wiseman <laughs> may get an uptick in minutes for that for those reasons as well. Right.
1: I guess the case for optimism optimism, right, is maybe it's a slow ramp up and they're going to eventually get him into the 25 yeah. minute range. And if that happens, we can extrapolate a little higher than what we're seeing. Maybe he can get you 12 and 7, and maybe he can get you close to a block per game. And that's worth rostering, right? So mm-hmm. I can see it from that vantage point, And I have now just gone back to I'll hang on to him for a little longer if I have. (laughs) Sorry, Zach. Sorry, Zach. I left team drop. I left team drop. Brandon Clark is 65% rostered. This is a guy who we were excited about at one point when we found out that Jaron Jackson Jr. was injured. The reality has played out pretty differently. 6.7 points per game, 4.3 boards in 17 minutes per game. Zach, you got Brandon Clark. There's intriguing free agents on your wire. Any hesitation?
3: No, man. I'm pouring one out for B. Clark, man. It's a a sad day. I I really thought he was going to take the next step forward this year um, and Mm -hmm. play a bigger role. But um, you can look at Santi Aldama, who is still available in one-third of leagues right now and is putting up top 85 value. Uh, So if you have Brandon Clark and Aldama's there, make that drop and make that add.
2: Yeah, I hopped off the bandwagon during the preseason because it became pretty obvious that Aldama was going to be that guy because he's a far superior perimeter shooter, and they need that spacing. So that's been the biggest issue for Clark. And improving your shot really isn't something you have a lot of time to do once the season starts. So, yeah, it's time to let him go.
1: Santi Aldama is what we dreamed Brandon Clark could be, uh, sadly. (laughs) Anyeka Kongwu, Clint Capella's backup, is not (laughs) – Providing much standalone value 8.7 points, 5.7 rebounds, 0.7 blocks in just 20 minutes per game. He's 57% rostered. Raf, uh, is is it time to let go of the Okongwu dream right now as long as Clint Capel is healthy?
2: Yeah, I just want to know who all was, why everyone hopped on that bandwagon while Clint Capel was still like, I don't Capello, know. I man. could never figure it out. He's obviously going to play because they don't really need yeah. scoring from that starting center spot. They need rebounding and defense right. and size. And that's what he provides. So, yeah, I think Okongwu is going to be good in time. Just that right now, it really isn't his time to be that guy. So, yeah, I- I'm off with, off of him.
1: I was in it. I think in our draft show, Okongwu went before Capella Zach, and I was just uh, <laughs> scratching my head there, wondering what <laughs> yeah. I had just seen.
3: Yeah, I was high on a Kongwu as a late round sleeper, but it, he's certainly not a guy that you would take before Capella. So, unfortunately, yeah, Okongwu is a drop for right now.
1: And look, if Capella happens to get injured, uh, you run and you add Okongwu immediately. But mm-hmm. so, if your league is deep enough where that would be valuable to you, then you hang on to him. Otherwise, I think you're safe to to let him go. Norm Powell is 50% rostered in Yahoo, averaging seven points per game on 26% shooting. He is getting 25 minutes per game, but I guess, Raf, I would ask, if he's not doing it now while Kawhi is the 11th man into the game for the Clippers and has already sat out once, then when is it going to happen for Norm Powell this year? Are you more optimistic than that?
2: I think I am just because they have another back-to-back coming up next weekend. And as we've seen with Kawhi and how they've managed his – workload there's no guarantee that he's going to be available for both those games probably assume he's going to sit out one of them as a matter of fact so I think for that reason you hold on to Powell but I wouldn't be too attached to him just because like you said he really hasn't done enough thus far
1: a lukewarm hold Zach where are you on uh, Norm Powell
3: I'm fine dropping him, uh, as you mentioned. He's not still not getting it done, even with Kawhi you know, being brought along slowly. And even with rest for guys like Wall or PG or Kawhi, this is still a fairly deep roster, so other guys are going to get some minutes too. Uh, I, I don't think there's any reason to hold on to him.
1: I was just thinking about, imagine if we were doing this segment with uh, Steve. He would just be like... Yeah, drop him. Every single guy. He wouldn't. He would not say. Hang on. The most aggressive dropper of players in fantasy leagues. Guy has one bad game. He's like, ah, ah now he's done. He's done. Uh, John Collins. now I'm out. He had a dud on Sunday. Dropped him. Um. Hi, Steve. Okay. Uh, staying with the Clippers. Robert Covington had four. Po- has averaged four point three points, five rebounds, point seven steals, point seven blocks in just seventeen minutes per game, but remains forty eight percent rostered. Zach, are we out on this one? Are we out? I mean, what are we doing here? We're done, right? I'm out. I'll tell you that right now.
3: Yeah, I'm out on him too, but he's a guy that started out slowly. I feel like he starts out slowly every year, and then we get about two or three months into the season, and people scramble to the waiver wire to get him because all of a sudden he's giving you two steals and two blocks a game. And no turnovers right. and 60% shooting and, and everybody is in love with him again. So uh, rinse right. and repeat, drop him, and then run to pick him up in a couple months.
2: Yeah. At least Norman Powell's starting right now. So yeah, you know, Covington isn't. Yeah. So that's even more reason to drop him.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and I
1: mean, look, if that, if that, if that 17 minutes per game number was 24, or 25, I'd say let's hold him. But mm-hmm. he's played 14, 22, and 14 minutes in their three games so far. So. That's that's the cause for concern. Interesting one maybe coming up next. It's Bones Highland, another favorite preseason sleeper is 49 percent rostered, but has averaged just 8.3 points, 3.7 assists, 0.7 threes. He's shooting 30.4 percent from the floor, has not topped 19 minutes in a game yet. Now, everyone loves the talent. I love the talent, too. But I mean, this was my concern coming into the year is when this team's fully healthy, where? Do big minutes come from for him? So, Raf, can we drop him, uh, or, or is he kind of a must hold? If you have Jamal Murray, maybe, but nothing more than that. Like, where where are you on on Bones at this point?
2: I'm dropping him because you brought up the Murray situation. Their next four weeks are four two four three with no back to backs, so okay. you have to think that Murray's not going to need a night off. You know, knock on wood. Uh, maybe his minutes are still managed, obviously, but. If he's going to get into the high 20s in minutes, there really isn't much room for Highland to kind of come in and be like a a marquee playmaker with the ball in his hands. So, yeah, I'm dropping Highland for sure.
3: Yeah, this is another – this one stings, man. Um, I I think if I have the luxury, I'll hold him, but he's not a must-hold. Even, you know, when Jamal Murray missed time last week – It was Bruce Brown that stepped up. It's KCP that's been stepping up. Those are the Mm -hmm. guys that are next in line and getting more minutes. Uh, I thought it would be Bones, uh, but unfortunately, it's not the case.
1: But, I mean, look, is he going to have big games? Clearly, right? At some point, he's going to. But the thing that we were saying about KCP kind of all offseason, you know, he got that new contract. Uh, that's a guy who stays on the floor because of his defense, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. it's that's not going to change suddenly. Michael Malone's not going to sour on KCP. I mean that that guy earns coaches' trust, coaches' trust, and he stays on the floor. So, yeah, I, th- I think this home stretch here, guys, we may be in obvious territory. I want you guys to just tell me if you're hanging on to any of these guys. Okay, here we go. De'Anthony Melton, four point seven points in nineteen minutes per game, forty eight percent rostered, dropping.
2: Yes, I'm holding the rest of that. Oh. Bench, the rest of that bench stinks, man. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I think that's reason enough to kind of hold on to him and see if we can figure this out.
1: Uh huh. Okay, I like it. I I thought we were gonna get drop drop across the board here, so I'm glad that we're getting a little a little variation. Reggie Jackson is getting 25 minutes per game, but is averaging just 7.3 points and is 41% rostered. Are we moving on? Yes. Farewell. Raph has waved goodbye. Oh, boy. This one makes me sad because he was so fun for stretches last year. But Mo Bamba is averaging 3.3 points in 13 minutes. 41% rostered. It's time to move along down the road, right, fellas?
3: Yeah. yeah. Mo you Bamba, Mo Bamba. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh
1: Alexey Pokashevsky. You know, we talked about the Thunder earlier. Wouldn't it be cool if this guy could, could uh, soak up some contingency value with some injuries already happening there? Not so. 4.3 points per game in 17 minutes, 38% rostered. Uh, we Pushing our Poku dream down the, down the line here until maybe later in the season. I could still see some magic in like March, but I feel like we're not there.
2: Yeah, he's gotten benched each of the last two games. That, that's enough for me. I'm done. For Sad. Sure. Sad. Well...
1: Uh, we're getting down to Jonathan Kuminga, who is 27% rostered. I mean, some of these numbers you got to say, well, these are leagues where guys got drafted and they're not the most active leagues. But obviously, at this point, right, we're moving on from Kuminga, who's been getting, who's got nine minutes a game so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing to do. Uh, Chris Duarte, we talked about him before. 24% rostered, six points per game in 19 minutes. We're not crossing our fingers for a uptick here. Benedict Matherin is just devouring his fantasy value before our eyes essentially correct yeah as predicted that last stretch that segment was a lot of goodbyes but we did we did hang on to one melton there so that was exciting we will always have that (laughs) great 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 moment guys you know, that's going to do it for us on this episode. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a minute to rate and review us as well. We are here Mondays and Fridays throughout the season. So we'll see you back here on Friday for the week two waiver wire pickups episode. want to say thanks to everyone for listening and watching live and Raf, Zach. Thank you guys as always. Good luck in week two, everybody.